This podcast is sponsored by Pacific Biocontrol, trusted leader in pheromone mating disruption and a top choice for naval orangeworm management. For more information, visit www.pacificbiocontrol.com. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by your top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazines. Here is your host, Jason Scott, publisher and CEO. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. This is Jason. And today we're talking with President and CEO of WAPA, Roger Isom, about recent met theft and tree nut industry issues. Large thefts of walnuts, almonds, pistachios, and even cashews were prevalent in 2015 and 2016. Though to be gone, it seems like new situations in met theft have arised and returned this year. In response, Roger and WAPA have collaborated with organizations and law enforcement to figure out what can be done to protect yourself in this issue. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, Jason. Okay, so my first question to you, Roger, is let's start by talking a little bit about nut theft that has occurred about four years ago, and what are some of the impacts of those, of those thefts? Sure. Well, the ones that, that happened four years ago were different than anything we had seen in the tree industry before. Uh, you know, we've had theft out in the orchard. You know, they, they grab as many as they can in an hour or two and then take those to farmer's market and sell them on little roadside stands. Uh, this, was, this was a whole different level. And what we were seeing was truckloads of finished product and it, uh, of tree nuts. And it happened at a time when you might recall 2015, 2016, the value of tree nuts were kind of at an all-time high. And so when you thought about a load of finished product pistachios, you're talking about a half a million dollars. And so what had happened was we became, the, because of that, we became a target of a very sophisticated crime ring. Uh, it was a crime ring that started out stealing tires, batteries. When I say stealing that, stealing truckloads of it. Um, and even Best Buy uh, little notepads and computers. Uh, but tree nuts offered a couple of things that made it very attractive. One was the value. Two was there's no serial numbers. And three, and very unfortunately, was it was extremely easy to do. And literally more than 30 of those loads happened before we even knew it happened. And so we, you know, struggled to get up to speed with what was happening. We brought in law enforcement from throughout the state. Uh, we brought in uh, cargo theft experts from across the country to help explain and help us understand what was happening. And then uh, eventually literally got the FBI involved and then figured out that it was really a sophisticated crime ring that was doing this through some pretty easy ways, easy mechanisms to do it but uh, it didn't take very long for us to develop some deterrent measures that if you do them, stop that cold uh, on the spot. So you mentioned in your recent article in West Coast Nut Magazine that the perpetrators of these thefts had stolen identities. How were they able to get into the system and who might they actually be working for? So, you know, I'm not going to reveal too many uh, 
uh, details, but I can tell you this. A lot of this information is easier to obtain than you think. And that is that uh, a lot of loads, uh, finished product loads, are done through internet load boards. And so somebody will, a company will say, hey, I need a load of almonds uh, shipped from Bakersfield, California to uh, you know, Cleveland, Ohio. And they'll say it's this value, it's, it's this product picked up at this location, delivered to that location. And so the load itself is pretty easy to, to determine. And then the trucking companies and the folks that haul this, they're on federal databases, DOT databases. So a lot of that information is accessible, including even the forms that they use. And then some stuff, we just get careless. Companies put stuff on Facebook. Uh, even identifying drivers. And believe it or not, we've even had situations where their cell numbers were on there. And so what happens is that the, the primary way of doing this is through a, a technique called fictitious pickup, where they uh, basically falsify paperwork. It's the exact same paperwork, except it'll have a phone number on there that's different than the phone number that the company normally has. And so let's say it's Ace Trucking Company that's going to haul for you. You've used them in the past. You recognize this is the same form, same logo. And your shipping person pays no attention to the fact that the number is different. And places the call. Uh, the person answers. The call is done. And everything seems legit. And a truck shows up. Uh, it might be different than the company on there. But they said, oh, well, uh, they couldn't make it, so we showed up. And they you know, said, okay, because you've got the paperwork. Everything's good. And they... And they drive away. Or uh, they'll legitimately, a bogus uh, company will hire a legitimate broker to actually go and pick it up. They're none the wiser because it's been subcontracted to them. They pick it up and then the driver gets called mid, you know, he leaves the facility and then midway to his next destination, he gets called and says, hey, drop the load off here. Well, he does that because that's what he's told to do. And unfortunately, that load never makes it to its destination. In fact, that's what happened this year. That's exactly what happened this year with the two loads of product that were stolen uh, uh, down in Kern County. So how sophisticated is this operation? And do you think that it may be the same perpetrators? Well, that's a great question. Um, it, this, this was a... a very sophisticated mafia type crime ring. And I don't use that word lightly. It, it, it legitimately, uh, when we got the, that's the reason that the Federal Bureau of Investigation got involved with the CHP Cargo Theft Task Force. Um, it was sophisticated enough that it fooled just about everybody. I mean, you can, you can falsify their paperwork. And basically, they did it with several different companies. And this, this group has a, a room. And in that room is a round table, and it's got six or seven different phones around that room, and each one's got a colored band on it, so that when they when you call that one number, oh, that's that, and that and the red phone flashes, you know that's that company, and so you'll that person will go over there and answer that phone as per that company, and so everything seems legitimate. Uh, we don't know if this is the same people or a, or a splinter group off of that. Uh, I would say this, it's coming from the same area. Uh, the last incident that happened, uh, well, I, I should say this. So there was the two, uh, 
Trevor Rhodes stolen from the same company. Uh, a couple of weeks later, uh, there was another attempt. And in this case, the, the company followed the procedures. The, the theft was deterred, and actually law enforcement was able to actually capture the truck drivers uh, on Interstate 5. And when they traced to where these guys were domiciled, if you will, it's basically from the same area in Los Angeles. So uh, they're using the same techniques. They're from the same area. Uh, is it the exact same people that were involved? We, probably not. Um, most of those have, in some way or another, been, been uh, apprehended. But we do think it's, it could be a, a related group. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Pacific Biocontrol, trusted leader in pheromone mating disruption and a top choice for naval orange worm management. For more information, visit www.pacificbiocontrol.com. Hi, we're back. We are talking with President and CEO of WAPA, Roger Isom. Roger, it seems like these nut thieves go through a lot of effort to steal a load. How much are they really gaining from these thefts? Well, again, back in 2016 when they were stealing them, you know, it was easily $300,000 to $500,000. And I'm talking that's just the product, not even the trader itself. Uh, today, obviously, tune-up prices aren't like they were back then, but it's still significant. And, you know, you're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars. And what makes it easy for these guys is that they can redistribute them extremely easy. They, there's, uh, there's no serial numbers. They can sell a little bit at a time. They repackage it. Uh, they can ship some overseas. They can sell some to farmers markets in Los Angeles. They can sell some to confectionaries. And they can sell some to unscrupulous buyers that want to pay a discounted price. And, you know, they got this product for free, so I sell it for $1.50 a pound when the going price is $2 a pound, and no big deal. Um, so it, it's extremely easy to do over time, and, uh, uh, but, you know, they're making it's, it's easy money compared to, say, a $100,000 load of tires or, or such. Or, like I, the other one I mentioned was the, the notepads and iPads, very difficult to uh, sell. Uh, I'm not saying they don't, they do it, but it's, it's much more difficult than, say, tree nuts would be done. So do you have an approximate value of the stolen nuts and what happens to them when they leave the handler? Well, just that. Uh, you know, the value of what's been stolen this year, I, I don't know for sure. My guess, uh, you know, kind of making some assumptions, a couple hundred grand per load. We've had two, at least two loads that actually were stolen successfully. Um, they are sold in different ways uh, through, you know, through, they're not sold necessarily in bulk. They could be broken down, repackaged, and sold literally even at swap meets and farmers markets, and they sell a few pounds here, a few pounds there before the load is gone. Yeah, so uh, I remember a couple years ago, we held, uh, there was a, uh, when I say we, the industry, uh, you and American Pistachio Growers held a very important joint meeting about nut theft. What was the what was kind of the key takeaway from that meeting? And you want to talk a little bit about some of the guidelines that came out of that meeting and why that information still is very key in 2020? 
Absolutely, uh, because quite frankly, had these procedures been followed, uh, the nut thefts that occurred this year would not have occurred. Uh, the first thing is, is that when you do your load and, and you, you secure a broker and, a, and somebody's going to haul it, make sure it's somebody that you know. Verify the number. Uh, look at the number. Don't just call it because you're going to get somebody to answer on the other line. But look at previous invoices. Look, uh, look on the internet. Look up that company. Make sure that number matches. If it doesn't matches, if, if it doesn't match, there's a problem. Um, and quite honestly, it's been so easy because it's been a completely different area code in a completely different state. Uh, a red flag should have went off right there. Um, doing all that, if you get somebody who tries to change the trucking company or a driver 24 hours before or right before the loads be picked up, no way. There's a red flag there. Something's wrong. Uh, it's not to say that it can't happen, but that typically does not happen. If, if it does, it's a red flag that this is a double brokering and you're going to get ripped off. Um, when you do this, when you when the load has been uh, addressed to be picked up, you get the you get a, a number, you get a driver and his driver's license number, uh, get a trucking company uh, information, and when that driver shows up, you verify with that company. Again, use the known number. Make sure this is who it's supposed to be. If it's not, do not let that load leave. Um, when that driver gets there, and, and I know this has caused some problems when we first started it, but once we got it going, the drivers that are legit understand. And that, and that is, you take their picture. You take their fingerprints. You go out and verify the truck. You say, look, I, I want, and take pictures. Take pictures of the license plate. Take pictures of the placard on the side. And, if, and, I, and I, believe it or not, I mean, I, I've seen the pictures where there was a cardboard plaque put on the side of it that somebody had printed that trucking company's logo onto a piece of cardboard and put it on the side of the truck and try to pass it off as that. Um, most people never get out of their office where the scale is to go out and actually look that that's a legitimate truck. They don't do it. You have to do that. Um, a lot of times in, in when we implemented these measures uh, in 2016, when you start asking for that information, the drivers get real skittish. If, 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 if they're not legit, uh, they'll go back to their truck and they'll leave. And I can tell you there's at least four instances where that exactly that is what happened because it, they were not legitimate drivers. They were there to steal the load and did not want any of that information uh, there. And go to the point of even taking a picture of the VIN number, if you can do it. If the driver will let you do it, um, take that. Um, I would make sure you post all this uh, at the truck entrance. Let them know they are on watch, that they're under surveillance. Um, I would put some very high definition surveillance cameras uh, at the entry and exit and where the, where the scale is. So, and make sure they know that they're there. That those kind of things deter people all the time. And, and there's been, a, I can't tell you how many, but several cargo thefts where the driver was actually captured, they were able to put him on a, on a, a be on the lookout and found out that that same driver was wanted in other places. And so it's, it's important to do that. And then last but not least, and, and this is costly, but it only takes one or two loads before you make your money back. And that is GPS tracking devices. Um, that way if the load is stolen, like in the case this year where the two loads were stolen and never retrieved, uh, they never made it to their destination. Uh, you could track it the minute it leaves your property. And you could put a geofence on it. 
And that way, if it ever goes off, the minute it goes off uh, uh, out of the bounds, you, you're immediately calling law enforcement. And so, uh, again, we realize it's expensive, but in every situation where those have been employed, the load's been retrieved. And so, uh, you know, we've got a system set up where the county sheriff's departments throughout the state are connected. Uh, we're actually tied to a group through the Southwest uh, through several states, uh, through the CHP Cargo Theft Task Force, and through uh, the FBI, and through the Los Angeles Police Department. Because again, a lot of these end up being down there where this, this stuff is, is happening. And so the minute, the instant that one of these cases happens, we're spreading the word, and law enforcement spreading the word. And so we've got, if, if we've got pictures, we can put it up there, pictures of the driver, pictures of the trucks, we can put a bolo out and have this stuff spreading like wildfire. So those are the primary measures that, that, we, that we state. Um, follow those, and I pretty much guarantee you your, theft, your stuff is not going to be stolen, or if it does, it'll be recovered. So what would you say to the grower that says or thinks that this is not my issue, this is my processor's issue? Well, ultimately, it's, it's their uh, product. Uh, unless the processors uh, bought and paid for it. So it's important that, that wherever they're sending their product to, that that company be implementing these measures and taking these things uh, under consideration. You know, unfortunately, when the first started happening, most companies did not have insurance to cover the load. They may have had a $100,000 policy. Well, guess what? That pays for the trailer. doesn't pay for any of the product inside. And so... Uh, we've been working to try to, to develop insurance that will cover the product uh, from basically from the orchard to the to the end destination, even if that's overseas, just to make sure that we're covering any potential theft along the way. But uh, you've got to you got to use companies that are smart, that are staying ahead of things and being proactive uh, against this network. So it sounds like it's uh, it's it's a vulnerability for growers growers as well, not just the processor. Well, it is, but I mean, the growers, you know, obviously the, the, the main thing out there, and this is probably more along the lines of walnuts, where we see the, the orchard theft and, again, selling at the roadside stands. And most counties have implemented measures to prohibit uh, those stands from selling walnuts uh, just for that reason. Or if you see them at somebody selling nuts at a swap meet for a bargain price, probably they're there because they, they didn't pay for them. Something else is going on. Uh, so you got to be suspicious of that and wary of that. But uh, this big, big loads in that, uh, definitely a processor issue. Are there any tips you can give growers and processors to prepare themselves outside, above and beyond the scope of what we just talked about for future theft? Do not take any time off on this. As you bring on new employees, make sure they're trained. We're working with uh, uh, regional risk management the transit risk management to put on another uh, training webinar here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the details are being worked on. Uh, those same measures that I talked about, which are also posted on our website, American Cashew Growers website, uh, follow those, implement them, and make sure that every single one of your employees involved in shipping is aware of it and test it. Uh, you know, test your employees, just like you would do a, a mock recall on the food safety side. Do a mock theft and make sure that people are following the procedures that they need to 
it's going to save you money in the long long term. Uh, develop a relationship with your county sheriff's department. Make sure they're aware of it. Although I can tell you, the majority of the county sheriff's departments are aware of this all the way up to Butte County because there's nobody safe. We've had that theft like this, carbon theft, all the way up as, as far north as Butte County. So, uh, but make sure they know your facility. Uh, make sure they know your the proper people there, uh, and that they and vice versa. Uh, you want to make sure you're talking to the Ag Crime Unit and the people in your county that, that are involved in that, so you get directly to the right people. The faster you can do that, the faster that information is going to get out and uh, to all the proper law enforcement authorities. And hopefully, we'll be as successful as we were in Kern County a couple weeks ago, where we were able to catch those drivers. So, if uh, folks have questions or want to look up these procedures online, do you want to give us a website that they can go to and learn more about this topic? www.agprocessors.org. Thank you, Roger, for being on the show today. We appreciate you. Thank you for uh, looking after the best interests of handlers all across the great state of California and appreciate all you do on our behalf of the tree nut industry. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is Jason Scott reporting for My Ag Life. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.